0: You are Lockdown Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your Wednesday edition of Lockdown Browns, uh, a little less than 48 hours away from training camp practices to actually begin on Friday. We're going to sit down here today um, from Pro Football Network, as you guys know, Corey Kinnan. Corey also writing uh, daily over. Um, You're covering the draft with the first pick. Uh, Make sure you're following him at RealCorey. K I and then A N real Corey Kinnon. again. Me at Jeff underscore L J underscore Lloyd and as always follow the show at Lockdown Browns. Uh, sorry for the delay today, guys. Uh, technical issues and um, it's not on my end and the host site does not want to uh, take any responsibility for it. But um, obviously, with we'll get to you know, your Browns news. Um, most of my Browns fans, obviously, you know the translation. I mean transition Browns fans Ohio State fans. Um, but look, everybody here, um, Big Ten pac twelve. Um, for all intents and purposes, now officially, you know, done and buried their twenty twenty college fall fo- uh, college football seasons. Uh, Corey lives in Columbus, so Corey, some talk here. Like, what's what's the general feeling in the area? I mean, it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of really really difficult to believe it was going to go on, but it's always something really really different when that glass last glimmer of hope is just basically done.
1: Yeah, I think. I think everybody was just kind of expecting it. Uh it was more confusion than anything when uh it was Monday and the news was the Big Ten had canceled and then there was a tweet sent out that night like don't expect any decisions from the Big Ten tonight. And then Tuesday it was like oh the Big Ten is canceled. Um so it was more confusion than anything, but I think it was fairly expected once the news started to hit. Um it's more just frustration that uh the NCAA has had since February or March, when all of this stuff was happening to, to figure something out and and they haven't. Um, and I guess it's not much of the NCAA as much as it is at the conference, I should I should clarify that. But the conference has had since February or March till now to figure something out and they haven't. Um, which makes me think it might not be 100% a COVID thing, but more of the kind of the players movement as well, the, the we want to play and, um, the other kind of unionization, um, movements that have been going on, uh, in the big, Tw- the big 10 and the PAC 12, of course. Um, and then those are the two conferences to, to kind of push the the pause button on, on play. Um, so something makes me think there's a little something fishy going on there with the conferences and not wanting to, to cave to players demands and hoping it kind of blows over if they push their, their season back. Um. But it's just an overall sense of frustration that you've had this long to figure something out, and here we are, and you haven't.
0: Yeah. Now, um, you know, for your listeners, uh, you guys have had a bunch of questions relating to, you know, where would this was going to go, and how this is this going to work. Um, you've already seen now there, you know, there's some talk here, obviously, you know, that maybe the 2021 NFL draft, which should be held in Cleveland, could possibly be moved back to June. There's talk of, you know, a spring season. Which I have no idea how this works because I, I don't know how you can finish a football season in maybe late May, June. And you know, some people have commented on this that if you're gonna do it, maybe you start it in January. Uh, I, I just don't understand how you're essentially going to play two football seasons within two within within one calendar year, Corey. It's unlike any other sport. I mean, the physical demand and the amount of time to have to recoup the amount of time to get your body in shape to get back in. And especially at the collegiate level, where we're talking about players, you know, where bodies are such unfinished products for a lot of these guys. I I just don't know how this is truly going to work. Yeah, it's it's not. uh, I mean, Urban Myers come out and said it.
1: Everybody's really coming out in in opposition to a spring season. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, Again, with the physical demands of the the players, NFL draft-wise, even pushing back to, to June doesn't really make sense because then you're asking players to play a full season, get drafted, and then report to many camps like right away. Um, so just, it, it makes no sense for the players. From a scientific standpoint, it makes no sense. Um, I mean, I'm not a physical therapist, but I can tell you that getting a car accident every week consistently for two full cool seasons without a break is not a good idea. Um, so it, it's just a mess. It's a mess It's the best way to describe it.
0: It's a mess. Certainly absolutely 110% uh, pretend 10% dis- describes it. But uh, knowing what we know now, obviously with the big 10, and the Pac 12, are you feeling the SEC, ACC, are these guys just in big 12? Are these guys just kidding themselves at this point? Is this lip service for the sake of lip service? Uh,
1: I don't think so. I have, maybe it's just me being optimistic that I can watch some college football this fall, but it seems like they're genuinely determined to play. Um, I think it was the Big Twelve that came out and said, "Like, oh no, we're we're playing no matter what," um, which I don't know if it's stupid or if they actually like were proactive in planning a way to make this happen um, to where the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten didn't. Uh, but I think they're being genuine in their in their statements that they're the, the ground that they're standing on that they're saying they're gonna play.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I, I just think because of maybe you know, you know where the Big Ten understanding obviously is, and when you were you know considering the fact that one of the top five programs in the country does reside within the Big Ten, I, I just don't know at this point. I, I have a hard time believing at this point this is really going to be something that happens on any level. Um, who knows? I mean, you know, there, there are obviously, you know, again, there were months in months and times, and there was so much time to put in this. To you know, find a way to make this all work. And obviously, you look at what the NBA and the NHL are doing with you know great success, obviously to this point. Um, Major League Baseball, you know for the most part, except for you know a couple of stupid teams and a couple of stupid pitchers locally, um, you know just not you know adhering to you know laws and rules and regulations that have been put into the place to this point. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I just I, I just don't know how you actually have a college football season without having you know, the majority of it involved. I mean, I can understand with your smaller conferences, the AAC, the Mac. Obviously, they just don't have the financial resources to pour into this, uh, you know, to run it safely. And obviously, without people coming into the building, they cannot take the financial hit of putting all this money out without really the, the real opportunity to make any money. So it's, it's tough, obviously, for all Ohio State fans. I truly understand. Um, it's, it's, it's brutal. And Corey, like you said, simply enough, it's a mess to this point. And you know, it's going to be, you know, look it like the last you know five months haven't been different enough as it is, you know, we're probably looking at what's going to be the most different autumn in most of our lifetimes. We're going to move on here. We're going to start talking some Brown training camp preview here. We'll do some on the offensive side of the ball. We'll do some of the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Corey Kinnon, joining me here, Jeff Lloyd, on your Wednesday Locked on Browns. Chain stores have different price, price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Um, RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest price as possible, rather than changing price based on what the market will bear, very similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks uh, delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, rockauto.com. Uh, so now like i said obviously we're going to go more to the offensive side of the ball here you know, tackle uh you know questions thoughts here storylines now cory obviously been doing training camp reviews um over with uh you know pro football network here you know offensively obviously we felt pretty confident probably up until two weeks ago then all of a sudden you know many glaring needs sort of developed that nobody anticipated but look People were going to opt out. It, it was going to happen. It was just going to be a question of where it did and if it harmed you specifically at one positional group. And sadly enough for Cleveland, it did.
1: Yeah. Um, luckily, it didn't impact any of their starters. Um, I guess you could have made a case that, that Drew Forbes um, was a real threat to to, to start at right guard, um, which I don't think that – was the case. Um, I think it's been Wyatt Teller's job and Wyatt Teller's job to lose. Um, and he's obviously still there. Obviously still there. Um, they kept Chris Hubbard on, who's going to probably provide some swing depth and some spot starting depth. Sorry, that was hard to pronounce. Um, so I think for the most part, they're immediate starters and then immediate depth. Um, Forbes is a big hit on on the depth piece, but, but at least they have Hubbard who can um Spot start for them if they need to, uh, and I think he's probably better suited as a guard, especially in this scheme um and so i think if if they have to get to that point in the depth chart where they're looking at some of the the smaller names guys along the interior who opted out, uh, then they're in a bad situation anyway injury wise um or performance wise um so i think they're they're kind of lucky in that regard, um but again, Forbes could have potentially been an impact
0: player. Well, and now there is this theory, though, because if this does become uh, an area of need, an area of concern, um, and there's some people that are saying, you know, how will you handle a 2021 NFL draft if there will not be any more college football played, if this is it? I mean, if the resumes are done for these guys. The Browns hold 10 selections in the 2021 NFL draft. They have, if they feel this is really, really a necessity, they have the ammunition to maybe go get somebody if they have to, obviously. By what, what when these you know notifications came in, you know the, the pickings was slim, and I mean slim, slim. And this is even with everybody in the NFL cutting, you know, ten players, which put another three hundred and twenty players on the market. So the Browns, you know, it, it'll be interesting how they view this with all the assets they have. And obviously, you know, th- the point of thinking like this is so you can use assets wherever you feel you may need to need them, or I mean, where you want to use them, where you need them. Uh, With 10 picks in the 2021 draft, maybe feeling if this is such a prominent need now, this is maybe something they can rectify in the next couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I haven't really done a lot of of research on interior guys who might be available in trade, Um, but there's no reason to think they couldn't, especially the amount of of mid-round picks they always stash year after year. Um, I mean, they have two third-rounders this upcoming year, so um, there's definitely the ammunition to go out and get somebody if they need to. Um, but again i'm not sure that uh, and there's always those guys at the bottom of rosters who are going to get cut anyways that I mean Wyatt Teller was one of those guys that gave up a fifth round pick and swapped another i think seventh round to to get last year um, so there's always guys at the at the bottom of rosters who are fluid um, that you could go out and get for a fairly cheap cost um, so that's always a possibility
0: as well. Uh, all right. Now, you know, obviously, within, you know, the units itself here on the offensive side of the ball, we're starting to get to see everybody. And It's actually what's really crazy. It's it's really nice to just start hearing some of these guys' voices again um, because it feels like it's been too long. Obviously, Nick Chubb spoke at you know length yesterday, which means we probably won't hear from Nick again other than, you know, uh, a thank you. And, yeah, the team played well today for the next four months is probably all we'll hear from Nick. But it's great just hearing these guys' voices again. Players themselves on the offensive side of the ball. Who are you really looking forward to? And, you know, look, in, I, I'm, I'm excited and I know everybody else is excited that we'll have the opportunity to essentially see everything that's going to go on in these practices coming Friday. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm thrilled. Uh, the live stream they're, they're setting up is, is going to be a treat. Um, I'll have something on the background of when I'm working from home now. Um, so that, that's lovely. I'm going to be really looking forward to the live stream. Um, but who I'm most looking forward to, I think it's it's gotta be six for me, um, right off the bat. I mean, he's slimmed down, he looks really great in shape. Um, he has a coach worth a damn in his ear finally, um, that he didn't have last year. He's got a couple coaches worth a damn in his ear this year. Um so there's no reason to th- a much improved offensive line as well. So there's no reason to think that 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 Baker's not gonna take the the step forward this year. Um I think he'll be just fine. Some other names. I mean, a healthy OBJ, healthy Landry with some some chemistry. Um, David Njoku looks incredible um, back in the building. He looks in tremendous shape. Um, I don't know if last year was a wake-up call for him or, or, or whatnot, but he looks committed. He looks in, looks in shape. Uh, I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities to, to prove himself. I watched a lot of um, Irv Smith Jr. tape for the Vikings, who was the Vikings' second tight end in their offense last year. Um, and just the amount of, of manufactured looks they get for, for that tight end two position. Um, whether that's, um, using their, their first tight end as, as kind of the clearance, um, option to, to pull the middle linebacker out of the middle field and then have a delayed route for, for the tight end two coming to the middle of the field. Um, I think is gonna get a handful of looks. He's gonna get, um, plenty of snaps, plenty of looks. And so I'd say, um probably David Njoku or Baker Mayfield are the two that I think on this offense that I'm most most looking forward to seeing them take a leap um well, in 2020.
0: Yeah, well with Baker, obviously, you know, look, it's you know, it it's it's the engine of everything. Um for what we can see to this point, you know, you know, in shape looks fantastic. And for the people who are overly whatever with any picture of Baker Mayfield, you all just need some damn hobbies as far as that's concerned here. Um but I, I do, you know, and it seems cliche to say Odell and Jarvis but I don't think a lot of people understand just how little Odell and Jarvis did last August and which carried over to the fact that they, you know, made some appearances on Thursdays, you know, went out, you know, for walkthroughs on Fridays, you know, granted now, I mean, these guys have been, you know, the three of them have now been teammates. We're talking, you know, over 16 months now, but it's not nearly what you would think. I mean, you would think about in this, in, in in this amount of time, the amount of reps these guys would have had would be well into the thousands, five thousands, ten thousands at this point, but it's just not. So, you know what you can get from Jarvis. What can you, you can get from Odell? It, it's it's a win. Obviously, I still think they're probably going to be somewhat, you know, maybe you know on pitch count, so to speak, because certainly you know you're going to want to take things slow here coming out of the box, just because you know the guys have not had their normal progression here through an off season and you don't want anybody to get out there and look at the end of the day, you guys just get excited. You want to, these guys, and nobody, you don't want anybody getting out there getting too geeked up just to be on a football field again. And guess what? A hammy pops or, you know, it's an oblique or now all of a sudden it's something where, you know, basically you're going to put, this guy's going to come back maybe sometime in September and it's going to be square one all over again. So it's going to be really interesting how this is handled through the process. But yes, Friday is coming folks. Uh, everybody excited. Uh, I believe uh, hit the field for 2:30, Uh, and obviously that'll be on you know, all of Brown's accounts, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Make sure you check that out. Uh, we're going to kick it over to the defensive side of the ball here. Um, you know, Corey joining me here for your Wednesday edition. Like I said, guys, I do apologize for not being out earlier today, but uh, no technical, technical difficulties, you know, from the host site and they apparently do not want to fix it. So I've had to do some overriding here and make this work myself. If you are not subscribed, on iTunes or Spotify to Lockdown Browns. Please take care of that immediately. There's still time. I will not judge you. Five-star ratings, lifeline of a show. Written reviews, lifeline of the show. Help with the show's growth. Getting it out there, guys. I mean, I'm here day in, day out, giving you guys all I can. If you guys could just do that a little bit for me, I would greatly appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Browns on iTunes and on Spotify. Now, same thing, Corey, uh, to the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, obviously, Andrew Billings uh, was a hit. Um, But, you know, and that's what kind of comes with this. And then, you know, you don't get the full story. And then you think about a man who's 310, 315 pounds, suffers from asthma, which, you know, for what what everybody tells you, the main thing you're going to be concerned about with the coronavirus is usually some sort of lung issues and things of that. Um, So, you know, tough loss. Um, Then you hear news that they were really, really in on Vinnie Curry. Didn't get that to happen. Um, but with the Billings news, you know, and Andrew Barry, obviously, it could all just be a card game where he says, look, we still like what we have in-house, and, you know, we like the opportunities here for some guys. But it, you certainly get the feeling, Corey, that maybe they're not done here yet on this defensive line. Look, you don't get a Vinnie Curry. It doesn't mean you're going to chase down a Jadavian Clowney. And, look, the names are starting, you know, to you know, dry up as to what's available but the activity and the forever working day in day out, day in day out on this defensive line certainly seems to be a primary focus right now.
1: Uh, yeah, this shouldn't be done on the defensive line. Um, I don't think. I mean, the Billings loss is a massive, massive hit um, for a couple reasons. One, I think he would have absorbed a lot of Ogunjobi's, um starting reps. I don't think people really understand how much Larry Ogunjobi struggled a season ago, which you can't hold 2019 against a lot of, of, of Browns players just because it was a, a, it was a shit show. It was a nightmare. It was a dumpster fire in general. Um, but Ogunjobi really struggled. And so I think bringing in Billings was uh, not only a depth piece, but a guy who had a chance to, to see the field quite a bit and take away some of Ogunjobi's reps. Um, but now it's been kind of two steps forward, one steps back. You still have Jordan Elliott, a third round pick. So a high investment uh, he's going to see a lot more snaps right off the right off the bat now too, um, but I don't think they're done. Um, there's some, some still some names on the market. I I think Timmy Jernigan is a pretty a pretty substantial name that I would be highly interested in bringing in, um, but it's just as we were talking about on the off- offensive side of the ball, there's going to be some of those names who uh, might be might be cuts um, for teams that they'll be looking to get some draft compensation for. Um, so I would I would suspect defensive tackle to be their their biggest need right now in their biggest area of concern to address on the roster.
0: Yeah. And look, I mean, it's, you know, and especially with the way the focus of, you know, this scheme that Joe Woods wants to run, which is so heavy secondary wise, obviously, you know, going to be so heavy on the defensive, you know, uh, on the defensive line here. Uh, MJ Stewart brought in, in the last couple of days here into the mix. Uh, I know a lot of fans are really, really excited because you know, everybody, Oh, former second round pick. For me, um, look, there's an opportunity here for maybe M.J. Stewart to write the last two years of uh, years of his NFL career. I don't think anything's guaranteed here. Um, and with some of the moves they've made, you know, in the cornerback room, you know, uh, with, you know, obviously A.J. Green, who they put a premium on, obviously with the signing of Kevin Johnson, is a lot of it was, you know, size and length to the position. M.J. Stewart doesn't really bring either of these things into the fold, so I think this is just an opportunity here, at least I see it is. Is hey, he was once a second-round pick. Um, the Browns have had a couple of reclamation projects over the year, which is rare because it usually doesn't work out that these guys get their careers right here in Cleveland. Um, MJ Stewart, there's an opportunity, but I do believe some fans just automatically think they've gotten some fantastic, essentially, you know, free bonus package left on their doorstep.
1: Yeah. So I actually spent all of last season covering the Buccaneers as well. Um, And MJ Stewart's just not very good. He's over-aggressive. He holds a lot because he's over-aggressive and gets beat off the line of scrimmage. Um, So he's just very scrappy. And and at points, it's just the wrong kind of scrappy. Uh, I would say the advantage that MJ Stewart has coming to Cleveland is that he's a pure nickel. He's a bona fide nickel, um, which is something the Browns don't really have. So Kevin Johnson played, um, some nickel for the Bills last year, um, and he's probably penciled in as the starting nickel for the for the Browns, probably with Grant Delpit playing some nickel as well. If I had to to, to guess right off the bat, um, but M.J. Stewart is a bona fide nickel, and so I would say that maybe gives him a little bit of advantage. But I, I think hit the 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 road for him to make the roster is is not only long but it's steep as well.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a deep group, it's a talented group. I mean, and plus you have players like Tavier Thomas who excels on the special team side of the ball. Um, You know, Terrence Mitchell, I mentioned, look, I like Terrence Mitchell. I think every time they need him, they go to him. He kind of gets the job done. But he could be one of these guys where somebody else may have an issue in a cornerback room, and it could be some sort of move done there. Um, Obviously, they're not going to want to hold the young guys back, and sometimes you don't want to disrespect a veteran like Terrence Mitchell and say, well, you know, we really like you, and, you know, we might need you as a fifth cornerback. If that's the case, then sometimes you're doing a disservice to a veteran. And the other thing is you're also doing a disservice to future free agents who might be looking for you as a possible destination. So you never know what Terrence Mitchell is because if some of these young kids step up, Terrence Mitchell, his spot on the roster might not be so safe just due to the fact that he is a veteran with talent and you don't really want to you know, stall anybody's career at any point. But on the defensive side of the ball here, Corey, like we did on offense here, a name or two, you know, some of the guys that are getting the juices flowing, I, I probably have a feeling I know what one of these names is going to be as a certain package arrived at the uh, Kinnan house about a week and a half ago.
1: Yeah. So I am just thrilled about Grant Delpit. Um, People want to knock his tackling. Uh, I tend to think that's his high ankle sprain. Um, He entered the the 2019 process as a top 10 player overall um, and then got hurt. And then his tape declined because of that. But if you look at the college football playoffs, when he had time to rest before taking the field again, he looked like the healthy Grant Delpit in the college football playoffs for the Tigers. Um, And so I think at, you know, the the point they got him in the second round right there, that it's an absolute steal. Um, and I'm very excited, not only, one, because uh, he's going to dope it, but, two, I think their usage, the way Joe Woods is going to use him and deploy him, um, as I just mentioned, I think he's going to see a lot of reps in the nickel, um, as Joe Wood loves to, to flood the field with defensive backs. Um, but I also think there's a a chance, um, a pretty good chance, that that he'll start at free. Um, I don't think Anderson Deho – um, he might start early on in the season, but I don't I don't see him holding off Grant Delpit for too long in that starting free safety role. Um, and then you could see Delpit kind of kick down to the nickel and bring Sandejo in at free. Um, but other than Delpit, I'm also really excited about the other safety they brought in this offseason in, in Carl Joseph. Um, former first-round pick, um, I think he just brings a, a very physical style of play. Um, Browns haven't really seen a, a box safety since Jabril Peppers left. Um, somebody who can who can stack the line of scrimmage and and apply pressure uh, not only that but he has a really good understanding of where he fits in um, in his run fits so against the run he's really solid um, again, a former first round pick uh, Oakland kind of just cast him away when when John Gruden came in um, so I think he has a real chance even though he signed a one year deal he'll deal deal here that to, to, to hang around for quite a while so I would say those are the two guys that I'm most excited about in this
0: well, I, I agree with you and, and, and with Delpit. And I think the situation with Delpit, it could even be very similar to what happened to Greedy Williams last year. You know, obviously, you know, it came about three days before first game of the season and it was, you know, uh, you know what, what are we doing? Why are we going to hold the kid back? And, you know, to hold Grant Delpit back, I don't think it's going to do him any favors. You know, what he's going to need to learn. It's not going to, he's not going to learn by, you know, maybe not starting. Yes. The speed of the game is going to be a little faster. Oh yeah. Well, standing on the sidelines, not certainly not going to improve that. I think he does start from week one. I think there's an opportunity there. Um, look, it's always usually you know tilted towards pass rushers, but you know if he can create some turnovers, I think there's a opp- you know, legit opportunity for Grant to help him to compete for defensive rookie of the year. I'm also going to go with Greedy Williams here, though. I think Greedy wasn't handled in the best way last year. You um, without a month, obviously, then came right back. He threw him out against the New England Patriots, which was a tough matchup. Um, the system just really didn't work to his favor. Joe Woods is going to probably cater more to him and his individual skill set plus I just think the overall just the whirlwind of last season Greedy Williams coming into this which was supposed to be the greatest Cleveland Browns team possibly ever um, you know having some personal struggles you know on the field himself and then the team just not playing very well and just you know made for a basically a domino effect year for Greedy Williams which you know it wasn't all bad because one of the things that everybody Had their concerns about Greedy Williams was was tackling, which was one of the was not one of the issues that he had as a rookie. So I think now more comfortable in year two, a little more comfortable in his skin. You know, the organization probably on better footing, realistically than you know the mirage of what the footing was last season. Greedy Williams is one that you know, I for me, I am really really looking forward to for a strong year two out of Greedy Williams. Um, we're going to put a bow on this here, Corey. Let everyone know where they can find your work. I appreciate you, you know, being uh, available on the hot route this afternoon for me, so to speak.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So again, you can you can find my work
0: at Pro Football Network under the Browns vertical
1: there, um, and then you can also find my draft content at withthefirstpick.com. dot That's my main draft content site. Um, or follow me on Twitter at Real Corey Kinnon. So um, those are the three places you can find me. Um, I'm very active on all three places. So. Um, yeah.
0: And if you guys haven't checked it out and I will keep harping on this, uh, Corey and Sam are doing a fantastic job over there. Um, they've literally taken the opportunity, taken the ball and ran with it. So, you know, get a load of those guys. Um, and with that, Corey, I do thank you. Um, guys, always uh, check out the show, follow it. Locked on rounds on Twitter. Uh, make sure you subscribe, uh, uh, Spotify, iTunes, five-star written reviews, um, all those things, keep them coming for me guys. Um, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the yellow B. Let's go Browns.